Welcome to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. Hey, welcome back to Didn't See It Coming. Now, I have done a ton of podcasts. I think it's 80, 85 plus at last count. And I am what I guess I would call a hobby podcaster because, uh, you know, I just love talking to people about brands and brands that are doing interesting new stuff. And just in general, people who are doing interesting new stuff, just learnings that, that brand stewards could pick up and say, hey, I'll implement that. So, you know, I, I have a, a certain number of listeners. Could I have more? Of course I have. Do I care enough to do anything about it? Well, if you look at my monetization, obviously not. So I guess I'm what you'd call a hobby podcaster. However, the podcasting movement has grown by leaps and bounds to the point where I go, I don't even know what podcast to listen to anymore. They're just coming out of the woodwork. It seems every boy and his dog has a podcast now. Now, I wanted to talk about podcast oversaturation because whenever I see a medium like this coming up, especially when brands are using it, I get really interested and I want to see how it's working out for them. Now, as luck would have it, Uh, Today, in the New York Times, Jennifer Miller wrote a story about podcast oversaturation, and you'll see it linked uh, below this uh, this podcast. And, And what she talks about is really interesting. She says exactly the same stuff. She says, Every freelancer, guru, entrepreneur has one now. There are over 700,000 podcasts out there. 2,000 new ones are being added every month. And you know that an industry is in decline when the big rush is not to put out quality podcasts, but to put out books about how to make a podcast and how to make money on a podcast. And you start hearing terms like podcast hacking. As far as I'm concerned, when I hear hacking, that's when I start to think an industry is oversaturated and in decline because the people getting involved are not there because they have the hobby of doing something of value and interest and they want to bring something cool to their audience, but they want to hack into it and figure out how to monetize it. And I think that's where the ideas kind of go sideways. So I got really lucky a couple weeks ago. A gentleman named Craig Thomas uh, looked me up. He saw my podcast and he saw that I was a hobby podcaster. He said, you know, man, you could do a whole lot better on this. And right away, I just turned that around. I said, all right, show me how I could do better at this. And I'm, I'm, I'm taking Craig's advice. Just full transparency. I am going to make my podcast better and I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to attract a whole lot more listeners because why not? But also I said, Craig, if I do that, I want to bring you on the show. Now, Craig works for a company called Call for Content and I I want to talk to Craig today about podcasts and how they evolved what podcasters are doing nowadays, and is the industry actually at saturation point? Is it even in decline? So, Craig, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. Now, you got, yeah, a, funny, yeah. you got a funny accent, man. You're not, calling, you're not calling from Seattle, are you? Definitely not. I'm a whole other continent away. You're a South African. That's correct. So that's, that's, that's shorthand for saying if the connection drops out, don't worry about it because South Africa only has dial-up internet, doesn't it? It's one of those things, yeah. That's exactly the situation. <laughs> you and I have had this problem already once. We were talking about this. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible, terrible. But hopefully um, we'll be blessed today and um, we won't yeah. have any problems. 
So talk to me, talk to me about your job at Call for Content. Oh, first of all, talk to me about Call for Content. Okay, uh, Call for Content is a um, podcasting agency based out in Colorado, uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, it was founded by our current CEO, Michael Greenberg. Started off as a B2B marketing company only, um, and it developed into a podcasting agency where we specialize in um, helping B2B marketing with your podcast, um, monetizing your show, growing your audience, that sort of thing. Um, schmucks like me, different. helping schmucks, helping schmucks like me actually uh, get some stuff out there that people listen to. Yeah, and um, you know we're very focused on helping hosts, you know, create quality content that will, you know, generate leads mm -hmm. and um, engage audiences. And um, the difference between us is another people that do what we do is um, we don't offer a miracle strategy. We base our um, suggestions and strategy on research for your specific show. So um, it's unique to you. It's custom built. It's um, developed for you. Now, this brings up a really interesting point because you and I and uh, your CEO, Michael, were just on a call and mm. Michael reiterated what you just said. You know, what we do is uh, create a long-term strategy. It's not around a miracle cure. Now, one of the things that, uh, you know, we talked about is perhaps a, a miracle cure is getting ad dollars. And, I, you know, it's interesting in this New York Times article that I was talking about and I'll post and, and you read it too and we talked about it. One of the things they talk about is everybody seems to be getting into podcasts not everybody, a lot of people seem to be getting into podcasts because they say, I can monetize, I can get Casper mattresses or Squarespace or somebody to buy ads on my podcast. And you're saying, that's not, that's not right. That's not the way you should be thinking about it. Not at all. It, it, you see, the problem is um, the focus is in the wrong place. Um, one of the things that I, you know, Michael actually made a very great statement one day when I asked him, you know, when I was, you know, came into the industry knew and i said to him what's the most important thing about a podcast you know he said treat it like a business from the beginning if you want to make money with a podcast you got to treat it like a business it's not you know just a show so your focus has got to be on your audience at the end of the day because that is where you know your revenue is actually going to come from your, your return on investment is going to come from there so if you're focusing on you know i'm going to get ads i'm going to do this i'm going to do that and you're not focusing on, on providing good content to your audience that's your first stumbling block right there because you're not going to have the audience for the for, for ad growth. Well, that's that's a funny thing because I mean, if if you want to focus on it as a business, one of the things you have to think about is revenue, and you go, I got to drive revenue, but it's a real slow boat if you want to grow revenue just by putting out a quality program. It's a slow organic path to growth, as opposed to saying, I'm just going to put out something sensational, and I'm going to get uh, maybe I'll get some, I'll buy some lists and and drive my numbers up and then Casper mattresses will give me a million dollars. But that doesn't work. Okay. No, doesn't it work, doesn't work, does it? No, not at all. So talk not to me, all. talk to me a little bit about this story that both of us just read today. You know, it's all about hitting the saturation point and people getting into it for the wrong reasons. Talk to me about the evolution of, of podcasts. You know, we were on the phone a moment ago with Michael and we were talking about how podcasters first started, you know, a lot of them like me, where it was just a hobby. They just wanted to do something cool. Talk to me about the, 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 the journey, how it's, how it evolved. You know, when podcasts first started, um, you know, that it wasn't well known um, initially, you know, very small few people were doing it. 
Um, and it was, you know, when it started becoming familiar and people started listening to podcasts, it was easy to grow an audience. You know, if you had a show about marketing, you were probably one of maybe three shows that were doing marketing. So I mean, there was a lot of audience that would, would come to you and it was easy to grow the show. It was easy to drive leads. It was easy to establish yourself as an authority. Um, and people started noticing that um, the platform worked well for these things. And these are aspects of business that you know a lot of people want. They want more leads. They want to establish themselves as authorities in their market. Um, so what happened from there is there was this explosion. You know, everybody started making podcasts, and um, it's kind of where we are today. Is as you saw in the article. I mean, two thousand podcasts every month are being developed. So it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. insane to think about it. To think about it, there's seven hundred thousand podcasts. So there's a lot of competition in the market mm-hmm. right now, and if you're going in it, you know. In, in the wrong way. How are you going to compete? Mm-hmm. How are you going to compete against the James Altchers of the world? You know, yeah. Um, those guys have been around a long for a long time. Yeah. They have established audiences um, who are loyal to them. Um, so it's, it's it's a very very competitive market at the moment, and most podcasters fail. Yeah. What? Do you, any idea on the on the percentages? Startups versus failures. Um, not offhand, but it's 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 bad. It's really well, bad. You know, as as the head of podcast relations, I call for content. Um, what I do all day is communicate with hosts of various shows. I speak to 60, 70 hosts on a day. Um, it's it's sad how many are closing. I actually spoke to a host today who's closing his show because mm-hmm. um, it's just this didn't get to um, you know what he expected, and he had the show for three years, so he did. You know, he bit the bullet for three years, but mm-hmm. he's just not getting anywhere. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's a tactic. I'd say I, one out of every three podcasts that I reach out to are probably closing or decided they're not going to do the show anymore, just stopped completely. That, you know, that there wasn't even a thought that I'm going to say this is my last episode. They just didn't record anything again. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, let's dig into it for a second. Um, head of podcaster relations. You have some good stories. Podcasts, best topic you ever heard, best theme you ever heard, worst theme you ever heard. Um, Don't need to name it. Don't need to name any names. I came across a podcast that actually um, was reviewing old school movies from the 50s and 40s horror movies. And they they really organized, you know, they got these themes and they were getting the actors involved and stuff. So for me, that was absolutely fascinating. I mean, it was unique. It was interesting. um, It was fun to listen to. So that was definitely one of my my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, The worst was a baseball review, probably because I know nothing about baseball. um, But... (laughs) It, it felt very messy. It felt very all over the place. It wasn't the type of show that I, I could actually you know, even come back for a second time. Just it, the audio was crazy, scratchy. There was a lot of wind. Um, yeah, it just that was the worst. Now, um, there's, there's, there's a, a real skill in, in presenting on the air. I, you know, we talked about this previously. Uh, I, I go on the air once a month and I, I get interviewed by talk show uh, radio host who talks to me about what's new in marketing and asking questions and, and pushing people in the right direction. There's a real mm-hmm. skill to that. And I think a lot of people, because it sounds kind of easy, they just assume that if they can have a little coffee talk with their friends, it'll make for a great podcast. 
That is, you know, um, it's interesting that you say that. I, I think the whole idea of having a podcast is initially people think it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of great free tools that, that make it easy for us to, you know, to, to upload your show or just record it with your phone or whatever. <clears throat> but that is the wrong mindset to have. A podcast is hard work. A successful podcast is hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if, you, if you've got a $60 audio, audio that you're putting out there, you're competing against somebody who's putting $600 audio out there. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference there, you know. So just not just, um, you know, the interview, but the, the whole idea of the podcast being easy. It's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wrong idea. It's a, mis- it's a misconception. And the interview, to be a good interviewer, it's also not easy. I mean, I've heard some terrible interviews um, with the interviewer. It's, just, it's like he doesn't know um, where to go next. To him. He's just not driving the conversation. And at the end of the day, if you're not driving the conversation with your guest, you are not providing value to your audience. Um, because what's the point? Of you know, I've, I've had this thing happen before where I go on a show, I go on somebody's show, and they, they don't know anything about me. They don't know anything about my books. They don't know nothing about nothing. And it totally shows and it's embarrassing because you feel like you feel like a chump because it sounds like, well, I'm the only guest that you could get. And they also, for their audience, I don't know how the audiences would get value out of that. That's, that's the thing. And I mean, you know, with so many podcasts being out there, you need to hold on to your audience. You really need to fight for them. And one slip and that's it, you know. Um, they're out the door. There's no second chances. So I, I want to, I'm sorry, I'm a chronic interrupter. You had a thought there. No problem. No, no. And now you lost it. <laughs> uh, so now we have talked about the saturation. We've talked about the, 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 the great odds that uh, you're up against if you want to do a podcast. And it's not just because you love to do podcasts. You actually want to see a lot of listeners and you want to see it drive your business. Talk mm-hmm. to me. Give me say a five or six step checklist where I'm not, nothing comprehensive here, but here's some things that you got to think of first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Give me sort of a checklist if you can. Overview of a good show. Yeah. Oh, well, the very first thing that I'm, you know, and this is something I'm really fighting with in the industry at the moment is are your guests aligned with your focus for the show? Mm-hmm. And is your guest delivering the best possible value? to your audience mm-hmm. right there because I mean, we'll be talking you know business it's interview shows you know there's the networking there's the b2b lead gen so you're interviewing experts now. so aligning your guest with your show and your audience is crucial it's the same as if you have monetization sponsorship is your sponsorship aligned with your audience because it can have a negative effect on audience growth if um, they're not aligned you know, hold on. Let me let me interrupt one more time here. I love James Altucher. He's one. Of, he's my favorite podcast. He's he's like the guy that I say I want to be like James Altucher. Um, and uh, he comes on with these with these sponsorships, and some of them I get because he's a nerd, and so he gets sponsorships from like you know website companies. He he grew up building websites. He also gets Casper mattresses, and I'm going ah bullshit, and because there's something about. A, a, a guy who is advertising a mattress and you're going, what the hell does that have to do with what you're doing? And it's as a listener, you get it instantly, but as a, a brand or as a, a podcast host, maybe you go, Oh, well it's, it's the dollars and nobody will care, but they do care. They do care. They do care. 
Definitely. Yeah. You know, James Alter, I mean, he's, he's a phenomenal podcaster. He's got a great show. Um, I even listened to his show. And, um, you know, you stick around, you know, he's got the batches there. You, uh, it's, it's funny. It's, you enjoy it. It's, it's, it's yeah. not going to be an issue. You still, at the end of the day, know whatever the show is going to be about, you're going to walk away feeling like, you know, I, I got value. Mm-hmm. I would pay for this. I would pay to listen to your show. So, I mean, that's the kind of relationship you need to establish with your audience. If you want to be able to bring dodgy sponsorship, not dodgy mm-hmm. sponsorship, but if you want to bring sponsorship. But misaligned, misaligned sponsorship. Yeah, misaligned sponsorship. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. So now to build that trust, that relationship, that takes time. Yeah. That takes effort. That takes delivering value. So are you ready to deliver value to your show before you're going to record this? If you've got a plan, is this what you, you believe your audience needs? How are you engaging with your audience? I mean, have you got any feedback from them? Um, that sort of thing. You, you need to engage with them. You know, I, um, I, his name escapes me, but um, he's one of the most famous podcasters in the world. He's one of the very first podcasters. You know, he um, did a three-hour Christmas special for his audience to keep them entertained. I mean, this is when podcasts just started out. I mean, and you can understand why he had millions and millions of downloads. Um, everything, if you went and you can go on Wikipedia and read about him, um, he, everything he did was for his audience. And that's what made him successful. And it also comes down to your audio. Make sure you're delivering good audio. It's nothing is worse than tuning into a podcast and you have to fight to listen or to hear what they're actually saying. Provide quality show notes, you know. Um, hold on, hold on. Let me go back. Let me go back. <laughs> this is one of this is one of the things you talked about with mine. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm fair game here. I, I started out. I have I, I record out of a room that is uh, that's a concrete room. So I sound like I'm in a I'm in Hitler's bunker. Uh, <laughs> and then I've got it. I had a great mic, this Yeti mic, and I, I I put a damper on it, like soundproofing damper on it, but it still sounded like a concrete bunker. So I went with a headset. Uh, that a Sennheiser headset that I record with and you can't get away from the room. Now, sometimes when I podcast, I use my digital zoom recorder and I just go sit in a car, which has wonderful acoustics, or I go sit in a sort of a live setting. But I know from recording video, one of the first lessons of video, nobody gives a shit about the quality of the video to a degree, but you better have good audio because folks expect to hear a good story and if the wind is whistling they'll hate you yeah i mean, I mean kind of think about it you know um you put yourself in the person's shoes who's you know listening to your show you know, maybe on the train traveling to work there's people around it's noisy it's you know he's already dealing with the world's noise or he's in the gym i, I like to listen to podcasts in the gym mm-hmm. um you, you've got people dropping wait till you I, I need to at least hear the show you know i'm gonna be really bleak if I get to the gym and does your shows and it's like, you know, I download it is just, you know, inaudible mm-hmm. um, because of the noise around me. So if you look, um, you, there's average audio, there's excellent audio, and then there's just, there's just audio out there that you just shouldn't have put out to the, mm-hmm. to the world. And then that's going to negatively impact you. So, I mean, if your audio is not clear, if it's not good, don't put it out there. Yeah. Don't put yeah. bad content out there. Yeah. Yeah. So then we go, so audio, huge thing, worth investing in, worth getting out of a concrete room uh, like me, as you pointed out, because we had a consultation. I remember first thing we did, you, you talked to me, you say, okay, you got to fix this, 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 and this. And I'm like, <laughs> I know I got to fix that. I wish I cared enough to fix it. Sorry to all my <laughs> listeners. 
Um, my, mom <laughs> my mom doesn't mind, though. My mom is happy with the quality, and so, so she's my only listener. But, okay, moving on from audio. Now, show notes, another big thing. And it's, it, this is hard work because, it, you know, you just finished a, a half-hour podcast. I've used things like SpeechPad that transcribe your um, audio into a, uh, a manuscript. But I find even if I do that, I got 10 pages of transcripts and I got to edit them. And it's, it's, you know, it makes me cry and I just want to lie down. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, show notes is, is vital. Um, I find with the shows that I deal with, those that do put show notes out, you know, well set up, aligned show notes, do have higher audience engagement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you come to a show, I like to scan through a show's show notes first. You know, what are they talking about? I can notice a topic and or notice a point or something that I really, you know, am interested in. And that's going to attract me straight away. Mm-hmm. Also, it helps with your SEO for, for your podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, it only, you know, I'm an ad writer. So it only makes sense that you put a good headline, that you put mm-hmm. compelling body copy and that you inform and persuade people with it. And I know from what, listening to podcasts, I value when I see somebody, okay, this guest is going to talk about these three things. I go, oh, there you go. Exactly. And it's not that much work. It's only a couple yeah. paragraphs. Exactly. While you're busy with the interview, um, you know, an interesting topic comes out, jot it down. You know, mm-hmm. you can't transcribe it, take that segment out, you know, timestamp, take it out, and just mm-hmm. polish it up and put it in. You know, you've got a outline of some interesting stuff um, and it, it makes the difference. It's, you're providing value. Mm-hmm. And then that's what you need to do. Um, that's the only way to compete. Mm-hmm. You need so to provide a, value. It's value, value. And, and you know, it's funny because I think of this, um, uh, there's this, a psychology, and this came across in the New York Times story, where a lot of people just completely missed the point. The point being that you want to provide value. Like an entertainer goes out on stage to entertain, not to plug a product. If they're really good, the products come to them, say, plug me. But a lot of people miss the point. And, uh, you know, providing value, if I'm going to take time out on my commute, I don't want to waste that time knowing that the guy is just a thinly veiled product message. Exactly. I mean, as it is in the world today, uh, we just seem to be having less and less time, you know. Um, So the little time we do have is valuable to us. And, um, yeah, it's very easy to... You get upset or get angry if, if you're expecting one thing and you're, you're not someone's just trying mm-hmm. to push something down your throat. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me, yeah. talk to me. One, one thing that we talked about, and I think I'm going to do, you said, you know, Mark, we're going to put you on some shows and some other people's shows. And this is something I've had a real bad experience with as a podcaster because I had all these uh, shows that said, we're going to line you up with, you know, three guests a month. And I said, they have to be in brands, doing interesting stuff. And, 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 you know, I tried to give them a good brief, a good thorough brief, and they sent me guys who, you know, I climbed Mount Everest and conquered the boardroom, and they're the same crap over, over and over again. They're five steps to succeeding in real estate, and you're like, where do you come from? And, and it just pisses you off. Now, uh, what do you think about the whole, your guest relations person, uh, the whole idea of misaligned guests and how to avoid it. Do you just wait till people come and cross your path like I do with you? Or, you know, is, I guess it's just a question of one guest relations person isn't like every guest relations person. You know, 
I'm glad you brought up this topic. Um, this is a very emotional point for me because, you know, all the hosts that do become part of our community, they're like friends. They're like friends to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, because I can really see and feel for them when they're so disappointed that their shows hasn't reached where they've always hoped to work mm-hmm. for. I mean, the shows are most of them, they pride and joy. And when I first came into working you know, in the United States, um, I worked on the other side. I worked for that side where they put in guests on shows. Okay. So that was my first introduction to podcasts. I honestly thought that podcasts were specifically there for guests to get social proof. That's mm-hmm. that's what I thought, you know, because that's what we were just doing. You, you, were, you were crafting these really crafty emails to, um, you know, get these guests on. And the guest hadn't even listened to the show. I listened to the show. Mm-hmm. So a guest is getting to a show um, that he supposedly listened to, um, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it comes to guest placement, as from the host's point of view, I think it's very, very important to, you know, plan out your content and ensure that, you know, if someone does come your way, do they fit with what you're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. don't matter what fancy topics or, or suggestions they come, but do they fit with what you're doing? Because mm-hmm. we at Call for Content do guest placement, and I reach out to to hosts and say, you know, can I help you with guest placement? And they say, oh, I've got hundreds of guests. Um, I don't need guests. You may have hundreds of guests reaching out to you. Are they the right guests? Yeah. That's the question you need to ask. Well, that's that's what I ran into, right? I, I could tell it was a cattle call. They would send me guys. They would send me ten guys who'd just written a book on real estate, and. <laughs> I feel sorry sorry for the guests too because, you know, we, we also place guests. Okay. And when we onboard a guest, we go for a very rigorous process of, you know, building out who you are as a guest. What are your speaking points? Where are the industries that you fit into? Because I'm going to suggest you to a host, you need to fit there. But at the same time, I need to get you as a guest in front of your audience. So there has to be an alignment there. Mm-hmm. They have to fit. Otherwise, there's no point in me sending the guest your way. So, um, you know, if you pay some someone to promote you, put you on podcasts, a couple of hundred dollars yeah, per placement, mm-hmm. in fact, and um, you're just going out there, you're not really, maybe your message isn't well aligned or well written or drafted. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need help with that first. You know, maybe someone needs to say to you, okay, you got the right idea, but you need to work on this because this isn't good enough yet. It is something, but it isn't good. I, I think that honesty from people who are placing guests is important. Yeah. Because that, if someone brings me a book and it's a bad book, I'm going to say, I can't place you on a show. This book is not a good book. You know, it goes beyond that. Go, it goes beyond that, though. I think this speaks to the heart of what you and I were talking about before. Uh, people see podcasting as an easy thing to do. And I think hosts look at it and go, hey, no problem. I can carry this. Give me anybody. I'll twist it around to my topic. And you sound like a boob. You know, mm. uh, it doesn't work. You, you do have to put in some effort. I know James Altucher. I keep going back to him. I'm a bit of a fanboy. Yeah, he's a legend. But he's a legend. One, yeah, he's a legend. And, and what I love about him is that when people come on, their, on his show, they go, holy smokes, you read my whole book. He goes, yeah, yeah, I like, I like reading books. And he can, go, he can go deep with them. And you can tell it opens them up. And he asks a caliber of question you would never get if they just sort of said, oh, it's a blue cover, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's, he goes deep and he, you can tell he works for me. 
You know, he yeah. works hard so that I, I get a good listen. So yeah. advice, advice to people uh, listening to this show, um, how, do they, uh, how do they not bang up against the learning curve? Any thoughts on, on books that you would recommend if they just want to have a sniff around podcast things to do? I think reach out to, um, you know, companies like All for Content, you know. We've mm -hmm. got our free podcasting playbooks and stuff on the website. Reach out to us. Download okay, so callforcontent.com, C-A-L-L-F-O-R-C-O-N-T-E-N-T.com, and look for the free content that you're offering up on the on the site. That's a terrific That's a terrific place. free playbooks. You can connect with me anytime there. I'm always open to jump on a call with you take you through it, walk you through, no strings attached, no obligations, um, answer any well, you questions you have. You spent hours with me. I remember I was impressed with that. You know, it was a, it was a really cool thing. It's not something that everybody does. Um, but it was, it was a wonderful thing. And, you know, we talked about good audio quality. I think you just, I think you just, uh, I think you just put your microphone up to your nose there and just went, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me, folks. That was, that was Craig. The, the podcast expert just did a heavy breather into his microphone. All right. But, I'm going to let you go, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to put your name out there. I'm going to put uh, the website out there. I, I like what you've done and what you've told me you're going to do for me, and I'm, I'll report back on that. We'll be able to see if more people than just my mom start listening to my podcast, and uh, we'll see where she goes. But thanks so much for taking the time. Mark, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate being here. Um, and to everyone out there, you know, at Call for Content, like you, Mark, as well, you'll see um, you're important mm -hmm. to us. Your show is important to us. And we want to see you succeed, you know? Awesome. Well, you know what? Uh, to me, the success is, is uh, like I said, I'm a hobbyist, and that's why I haven't paid more attention to this. My success is, is just dialing into really cool people like yourself and coming out of it a little bit smarter. But you know what? If you can have 1,000 people instead of 100 people listening, all the better. You yeah, know, it's just sure. a, little, it's a little icing on the cake. 100%. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Craig. Mark, thank you so much. Have a great day. You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming, the show about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. If you'd like to talk about brands, drop me a line. I'd love to hear your ideas.